I sort of had an aha moment where I thought to myself, well, if I can make key contacts using LinkedIn, all the decision makers are there, surely there's some value and some merit. So inadvertently, you know, in my job selling software, I discovered a new way of using LinkedIn. All right, guys, welcome to another amazing podcast today. We have Yaakov Smart. Uh, he is considered a leading expert when it comes to attracting A-list investors and raising capital through LinkedIn. If you don't know, and if you're not on LinkedIn, you need to be. It is an emerging platform. I cannot tell you how many, how, how many amazing people we connect with every day on there, and they bring value. Uh, they really do. So Yaakov is an expert. I'll go ahead and let it pass it off to him uh, to tell us uh, how he, how you started, man, how, how, you know, in, in real estate. And then going from there, how you found LinkedIn as a strategy for raising capital and leads. So go ahead, man. Take it off. For sure. And thank you for having me. I think that's, that's a great question. It's a great place to start. I actually started um, LinkedIn marketing a few years ago when I was, you know, and I'm a guy, you know, I've been on social media pretty much my whole life. I mean, I started on MySpace back in eighth grade. That's when I started on social media. So it's been, it's been a little while for me. And I got onto LinkedIn as a college student and originally probably like a lot of people listening and watching, I heard about LinkedIn as a resume kind of platform. And um, to me, it wasn't that interesting because I wanted to have my own business. So I didn't really put two and two together. But fast forward a bit, I was living in Vegas. I had a job. I was selling software. Um, and I was marketing to small business owners, the decision makers. And I was having a hard time making cold calls. It was actually driving me pretty crazy. So I sort of had an aha moment where I thought to myself, well, if I can make key contacts using LinkedIn, all the decision makers are there, surely there's some value and some merit. So inadvertently, you know, in my job selling software, I discovered a new way of using LinkedIn to make those key contacts and to generate new business and generate revenue and generate sales. And I was able to start working with local businesses in the area when I lived in Vegas, and I've been able to expand and expound on the business over the last several years. I authored a book called Disrupting LinkedIn that's out there that was sort of my um, indoctrination in reaching a lot of people and showing them this new way of using LinkedIn as a platform for attracting the people that they want to attract and making those key contacts. And the way that I got into working with real estate entrepreneurs, which I know a lot of people um, on this show are real estate entrepreneurs or aspiring real estate entrepreneurs, is I did a webinar once and we do a lot of different webinars. I did a webinar once and I had a gentleman reach out to me and he was big in multifamily syndications. And he wanted to know, first of all, how he could use some of the strategies for raising capital to attract investors in his business. But he also wanted to know if, if I would come on and do a webinar for his community because he thought it'd be a topic that would be of interest to investors. And since meeting him and making that key contact, you know, I've been approached by several other people in the industry. I've been on several podcasts. I've developed an entire product line specifically focused around raising capital and attracting high net worth investors using LinkedIn, whether it's syndications, uh, different types of real estate projects that are looking for those key investors. And it's all about how to use LinkedIn to raise capital that goes beyond your work network. Cool, man. <clears throat> man, that sounds pretty cool. So, so let me ask you this. Oh, that, that key contact when he approached you, were you a little bit nervous? You, ne you never had done this for multifamily and syndication before, correct? 
I was a little nervous, but you know, it's funny because I didn't know what I didn't know, right? And I figured, and I figured correctly also that business is business. So, you know, if you're, for example, I had a client who was marketing to attorneys and they were offering attorneys, at the end of the day, these attorneys were buying packages worth tens of thousands of dollars um, from a cold contact they had met on the internet. So if it worked in that market for that type of skeptical audience, I figured it could also work to build the same kind of trust and relationships with people who were investing, you know, not in coaching programs or masterminds, but investing in real estate opportunities, opportunities to grow their wealth. And I think what's really um, fascinating about LinkedIn, for example, is you can find people who already have a specific inclination or interest around real estate. And there's so many different groups, so many different kinds of angles. That somebody, if they want to go out there and make key contacts who are investors, can take in finding the people that they're looking for. Man, that's awesome. Jeremy, what well, you had? You had a question. Yeah, I was curious on, on C. So you help people raise money. Can you give us an example of how the, the process goes on that? How do you link people uh, in, in regards to that? For sure. So I'll talk about the methodology a little more because I think there's really three key phases. And there's so much that we can get into here, right? Because the biggest thing that people sometimes don't understand, especially when they're sort of starting out or intermediate in doing syndications, for example, is it's one thing to ask somebody in your warm network to invest with you or to look at an investment opportunity. It is a completely different thing to seek out investments, to get somebody who doesn't know you from Adam on the internet to give you money that's sometimes upwards of $100,000 or more. It's a completely different thing. And so I think a lot of people make the mistake that they think if they just get on LinkedIn and they just sort of know how to maybe find somebody that people are just going to be handing over their hard-earned money. And it's just, it's not the case. There's a lot of trust that needs to be built and you only have a split second for that person to decide whether or not they see you as an authority, as somebody they can trust, or as a pesky salesperson, right? Because there's a lot of that happening on LinkedIn. So a lot of my methodology, everything that I talk about is actually rooted in a concept that I've come up with called trust-centered messaging, okay? And what this means is formulating a profile, formulating an approach to messaging and reaching the right people that's based upon building trust, that's based upon building credibility, that you're a definite expert and authority, and that also meets people where they're at and leads them to a place, right? And it's based around you know, understanding behavior, understanding if there's a skepticism or if there is, you know, maybe somebody is open and curious to alternative investments, but maybe they don't know the difference between multifamily and single family, for example, or maybe they think that real estate investing, that they have to go on the weekends and paint walls and flip houses, maybe they think that that's real estate investing, right? So I think a big mistake a lot of people make is they don't meet people where they're at. And to be the one to meet people where they're at and to come in from that position of leadership and guide people towards that level of awareness and excitement and experience of the possibilities, that's what trust-centered messaging is all about. Okay, that's a big, that's the core of everything that I teach when it comes to raising capital on LinkedIn. Now, the methodology on itself, and I've got a few different formulas out there, but one of the popular ones that I talk about is the spot formula, and that starts with building your list, so figuring out who's a good type of, and I call them A-list type of investors, right? I think I'm finding people who can comfortably invest, and that's a good strategy for a lot of syndicators, especially multifamily. So you start with building your list, and then it's all about positioning yourself, using your LinkedIn profile and your presence as somebody who's a credible authority, as somebody who's a person of integrity and value, and as somebody who they can really trust from the get-go using that profile 
And it's optimizing for what they want, what they need to understand, the level of education and awareness in your messaging and your content that's going to get that person to raise their hand and say, hey, I want to know more. I want to have a conversation and see what opportunities are available. And that's the, that's the process that somebody goes through. And that's the way to start to take somebody from you know, not knowing who you are online to becoming very, very interested and then ultimately giving you their money and investing with you. That, that's awesome, man. So trust, you know, trust has to be established no matter what. I completely agree there. As far as building that, or I guess targeting those that investor base that you're looking for on LinkedIn, how exactly do you approach that aspect? Because I mean, I mean, you would have to know some kind of data on on their profile. Do you notice something? Like, what, what's your what's your thing there to say, hey? You know, maybe we'll try to reach these people or, or this specific person who I looked at their profile. Yeah, what, what's the what's kind of the idea there behind that? So you've got to decide, first of all, who an A-list type of investor is for you. And LinkedIn, I'll give you some stats. There's 675 million people on LinkedIn. There's about, and that's people from all over the world. There's about 130 million people in the U.S., Average household income on LinkedIn is $115,000. That's an average household income. And you think about all the possible groups that can invest with you that are available on LinkedIn. You know, we have CEOs, you have project managers, you have engineers, you have people who've been at a company in management for 20-something years who have big retirement accounts. Um, you have dentists, you have lawyers, you have angel investors, you have venture capitalists, you have developers, you have you know, designers, you have all these different types of people, you have tech CEOs, people in the startup world, and you have the ability to make those key contacts on LinkedIn and reach those people directly on your smartphone. And there's, what it comes down to is understanding that when you know how to navigate the LinkedIn search, and there's a few different ways to find these types of people on LinkedIn, you can build that targeted list of any of those groups that I just mentioned, literally in a matter of seconds. And it gives you tremendous power to have that kind of list at your fingertips. And what it's done for a lot of investors and entrepreneurs, especially syndicators, is before you had to pay a list broker a few thousand dollars just to have access to a list that maybe wasn't that good, where now you can have really reliable, accurate, up-to-the-minute data that's available on LinkedIn. So there's a few different ways to search for those people. And there's really there's five ways um, to plug, to plug it in that I teach and talk about. First way is using the free LinkedIn search, which is the basic search on LinkedIn. Second way is searching by groups. So finding what groups people have joined, okay? Third way is using the premium search and sales navigator. You can get much more advanced and really hone in on the criteria, okay? Fourth way is through the LinkedIn advertising platform. It's a bit of a different search as well. And the fifth way is to import different lists and target different lists where you connect with other Man, that is, that is awesome. You know what? And I haven't taken a look at the the premium. Uh, well, I had premium, but I didn't at the premium sales uh, portion of it. So I'm not sure how specific he gets. I know I I played around with Facebook ads, but I'm I'm pretty curious in in LinkedIn. So then, as you, I guess, because we, you know, a couple of months ago, I mean, I went hardcore looking for uh, investors, private private money right anyone who had private money in their title <laughs> and i went hey and we talked i connected to a whole bunch of them and it worked but i think the issue might have been my profile at the time 
was geared more towards my military career versus my syndication career that I am now pursuing pretty hardcore. Um, what, what tips, what strategies could you tell us? Because I know, I know I saw that that's part of what you do too. You spruce up the profile. You kind of put us in a good light with, for those people that, that look back at our profile. What do you got for us there? So I'm curious, actually, before we go there, so you said you found some private money lenders uh, and you yeah. connected with them. So, I mean, I guess what, what happened next? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I sent about, I mean, for like a week, I think I sent about 200 connection requests. I would say about half of them I did connect with. Um, we connected all of them. I shot them a message with my connection saying, hey, look, this is uh, what we're doing. I have a deal. I, and I sent them everything they needed to review. And I said, look, this is what I have. Um, if you want to discuss, let's connect. Here's my email. Here's my phone number. Let's talk. Um, some people responded to me very respectfully, said, hey, you know, it looks good, but it's not for me. Um, other people flat out said no. And other people just wanted to talk about it. So, I mean, either way, I made... I made good connections. Um, what decided versus a no or, 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 hey, I may be able to connect with someone else because eventually someone pointed me to a whole bunch of other people and now I'm connected to a whole bunch of syndicators, which I really appreciate that. Um, so that was a value connection, right? But I, I don't know how, how I could have taken that to the next level. And I think, I think your strategy is probably, um, could have helped at the time. <laughs> Certainly, and you've got some value out of that. I mean, one contact led to another contact, which often happens, which is often valuable. And, you know, it's also understanding that just because somebody said no to that deal, or just because somebody, it wasn't for them, didn't fit within what they were able to finance, for example, private lenders, now you have a list of them. So let's say next week you have a new deal, now you've got 200 people to start with, if you're looking for private lenders, for example, or hard money lenders. So there's you know, there's, there's the short-term play and there's the long-term play. You want to have both, okay? And then as far as the credibility goes, um, it's certainly using your profile for that. And it's certainly, you know, with now with private money lenders, right? I mean, it's, it's a whole bit of a different conversation than somebody who's, you know, for example, a CEO who can invest in your deals. It's a bit different, right? It's a different approach. But um, it's having a profile that's tailored around, you know, what, what you're passionate about, why they need to trust you. And even if you haven't done any deals, it's understanding the questions they may already have. It's addressing some of those key questions on your profile and being, being the one to shine those questions on the surface, right? Because that's another great way to build that credibility. And the expression is you enter that conversation happening in their minds, okay? And then if I were you, even with a private money lender, um, you mentioned your military background. So I would really take that and run with it on LinkedIn, where you can find people who are military veterans, for example, and they're private money lenders. It's a whole different level of trust and connection. Or somebody who's a tax advisor and a military veteran who has a book of clients, for example, who they may be able to introduce you to, refer you to, who have money to invest and who are wanting to save on taxes. So I think, you know, it's, and I, I talk about this in our program too, it's about starting with understanding the angle. You've got 
it's a very unique background and it's a group that commonality often is what builds a lot of that trust mm, awesome man how how do you so how do you exactly you know approach it how would you approach it to a ceo like you just mentioned what what would you do you automatically send them a, a private message um uh would you approach it with a different subject what's your kind of strategy there because you don't sure. want to sound like a sales guy, right? I mean, that mm-hmm. automatically. <laughs> yeah, and, gonna... and I agree with Oscar because I get a lot of those, you know, where people are, hey, um, this is what I do and, and let's let's connect. You know, and there's a lot of things that sounds like, like Oscar said, they're trying to sell you something and, and it doesn't bring any trust. Uh, so mm-hmm. is that is that basically how the norm is? It's like, hey, just throw a bunch of messages to everybody, try to connect when or, or how, how is the approach that, that you bring to, to people? Well, I would, I would talk about doing the opposite of that. I think you know, there's a sage piece of advice that if you see that most people are doing something, it's usually a good idea to do the exact opposite if you know mm-hmm. nothing else, right? So there's a lot of people who are trying to do stuff on LinkedIn who are just pitching out of the gate, and you have to understand it's that trust, right? It's like, it's how, I just think it's blatantly disrespectful to make a contact and just pitch them something out of the gate. I think it's, it's saying that you care, don't care or that you don't bother understanding anything about them, especially if it's a person of influence who perceive, perceives themselves as valuable and important and busy, right? So it's more about making that contact first, not pitching right away, uh, making sure that they see you as a trusted authority using your profile, and then through a series of content and through a series of multi-step messages, building upon that relationship, putting the right content in front of them. And all you want them to do is you want them to answer your question, right? You want to have, know the right questions to ask them so that they raise their hand and express interest in that, at least finding out more. I'm big on educating first, providing information first, and providing that value first. Um, and it's, you know, it's permission-based too. You want somebody to say, yes, tell me more. You want somebody to say, I want to hear about it because otherwise you're wasting your time and their time. Good. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. So just so, so, so I can I understand and our listeners are understanding too. It's not just, um, it, it's, it's more of putting content and the people that react to your content, those are the people that you start engaging to. It's not just go out there and find a list of people and then starting uh, private messaging those people. Am I correct? Well, it's doing the best of both worlds because a great way to make sure they see your content is to send it in a private message. Okay, so it's another way to get that content in front of them. Yeah. So it's a combination of both. And it's also, you know, depending on how warm, right? So there's the, you have to get, I call it temperature-based type of prospecting, right? So depending on if they're cold, meaning they don't know you from Adam, they barely connect with you. Certainly, you know, you want to warm that contact up. If they're a little warmer, you can start testing the waters with your content, asking what I call magic questions that are going to get them to respond and engage and want to know more. Awesome. Yeah. Man. I was so, like, oh, man. <laughs> no, because I, I love this, man. I love the marketing. Oh, yeah, me it. too. And, and I, you know, I play around a lot with that. Um, and to me, it's fascinating because I view, I know a lot of people, you know, especially influencers, are like, oh, you know, you have to completely connect with your audience. But I view a lot of it as 
and numbers game and honestly trying to reach the audience that you're trying to get. If you're too wide, you're, you're all over the place. Um, and, and marketing has to be intentional. I don't think you just have to put content out for putting it out. So I find this very interesting. So let me ask you this, as far as, you know, what you bring to the table when, uh, let's say I come to you and say, Hey man, I want to raise some capital, show me your strategies, or is it that I, you know, hire you to try and do that piece for me? You have a company. How does that work? Right. So let me, let me, let me dispel a major mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs make. And I want to really, this drives me crazy. So I want to spend a few minutes just dispelling it because I'm about to save everybody tens of thousands of dollars. And a lot of those times, right? Because a lot of people say, you know what, this marketing thing, I want to delegate. I want to find somebody to do it all for me, and it just gets done, and I'm just, you know, money in my pocket. I'm happy to, to pay two, three, four, five thousand a month, whatever the case may be. Right. And what happens is they abdicate responsibility. They abdicate responsibility for the strategy and they abdicate responsibility for understanding how things work, okay? And what often happens is most of the time, they're not congruent to the outcome. They're not aligned with the outcome because they don't get what's happening and they've just abdicated a whole lot of responsibility and a whole lot of money. So the agency has a ton of overhead. So they've got, if they're any good at all, They've got to keep their cost on, right? So you're paying for a lot of their overhead. And usually the people working on your account, let's say you, you delegate some sort of social media marketing or marketing in general to an agency, usually the people working on your account, they're what I call tacticians, okay? So they understand the different tactics, different buttons to push, but they don't get the industry, they don't get the strategy, and they certainly don't get your business and your vision like you do. They can't, they're not, it's just, it's not humanly possible, right? So what happens is after trial and error, a lot of money gets spent and not a lot of results happen, right? So that's why the whole done for you model in what we're talking about here, it just doesn't work and it gets to be very, very expensive. That's why my business model isn't aligned with the done for you model and it's never going to be because of what I just mentioned, right? And so the way that this actually works for somebody and the way that my model is built right now is I want you to have control. I want you to be in charge of the strategy. I want you to say, okay, I want these types of investors. We want to raise this much capital. What are going to be the steps to turn this into a system for making this happen? And let's look at it scientifically. What are the metrics we need to know? What are the variables going to be, okay? And then it's about applying the methodology. And then once it's up and running, once you're starting to get results and momentum, now you have the understanding to course correct when you need to course correct. You know where all the pivot points are because you have enough understanding of the strategy. And when you're getting results, the way to delegate this and my stuff, you know, I personally spend about 15 to 20 minutes a day because a lot of this can be automated, which is really nice. But the great thing is you can delegate once it's up and running, you can find that tactician, that VA, that person that can click buttons for you and you know, have them work a couple hours a week and pay them hourly. You'll save yourself a lot of money. You are still in control and you know that you're going to get results. So that's the difference between that and done for you. And if you were to come to me 
um, I would recommend one of our programs that pretty much lays it out step by step by step. And it's also different strokes for different folks too, right? Because there's a, a wide range, there's a toolkit, right? There's a toolkit of different things to apply, different strategies on LinkedIn, all these different possibilities and variables. But what you as the entrepreneur need to understand and what we work together on with people is what's the strategy that's going to get you to that outcome from point A to point B and then rooted in that strategy, what are the tools to pull for getting there as quickly and seamlessly as possible? Man, you are on point, man. I love it. So, and, and I think that's, uh, that the whole VA portion of it, I think it's key there because uh, obviously I don't want to do all the marketing. I want to eventually free back up my time to do it, but you're right, outsourcing it. And I know we ran into that issue is they just don't know the vision and the brand that we're trying to bring. So how can they market it? And we get sloppy, sloppy seconds. Generic stuff. <laughs> yeah. So how do you help? Well, obviously by then you already know your, your, your strategy and how to implement it, but do you still come in and kind of help maybe tweak a little bit of how to teach a VA or something? Is that still mm -hmm. part of it? So at the moment, there's two ways that I work with real estate entrepreneurs. The first way, what most people do is we have something called an accelerator. And it's a small group program that lays out the methodology step by step. Okay. And with that, I provide a series of different templates, a series of different ways to delegate, what all the different tools are in the toolkit, and also a lot of the strategic thinking behind it, because everything needs to be rooted in strategy. And a lot of that is delivered on demand, where you can go through it on your time and then be able to start implementing. Okay? And we have some different additional support resources, um, different ways to get questions answered as well for the nuances, okay? and for getting familiar and for getting it started. So, that's how most people choose to engage. And you know, it's certainly a great way to get started out of the gate and start getting some results, start getting some momentum. And then typically what happens is if it's a more established firm or syndicator and they just want something more hands-on where they say, okay, let's spend half the day together, hold my hand, tell me, here's my vision. What would you recommend? What are some of the wording you'd recommend I use? How do I get started out of the gate? Can we customize this together, right? So it's a partnership. We collaborate on more of a one-on-one -on -one type of consulting engagement. And those vary between 90 days to six months and beyond. And that's also looking at it holistically. You know, where does LinkedIn fit into this online automated marketing strategy for raising capital? That's awesome, man. So do you think this could be applied to Facebook ads, this strategy? So it's, it's funny you say that. One of the advanced things that we teach, right? And most, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, most people aren't quite going to get this unless they, they've been marketing for a while. But if you have, a, what I personally do is part of the LinkedIn list building, there's a technique called retargeting where literally for not much money, you're able to get in front of very specific people pretty much every day using innovative content. And it's something that we, it's one of the advanced strategies that we cover. So the messaging part though, what to say that's unique, that builds trust, this concept of trust-centered messaging, it can apply anywhere online, Facebook ads, your website, your landing pages, shoot, anywhere you can think of online because the messaging is really the secret sauce there. Yeah, no, that's why I asked and I was thinking about it because 
also i know i mean facebook is a incredible marketing machine where you can delineate i mean any demographic any <laughs> anything you really want to be honest even preferences interests hobbies you name it so i was just thinking about that and i mean if we're looking at a certain range of people income wise what they make um i'm sure there's a way that you can translate that over to to facebook as well have you have you tried have you done that i know i know you said you can't but have you done it i personally do it in my business i mean we have lead generation running pretty much on autopilot using multiple platforms that is awesome man you say multiple Wait. platforms right linkedin and facebook specifically okay what about what about instagram because instagram is a little harder for targeting specific unless you target by name, but have you done anything with that? I, I, I probably know like three things about Instagram total. I know almost, I'm not even, well, I don't know if I'm on Instagram. I mean, I, I was on Instagram a few years ago. I just, no interest. I mean, my audience isn't there. I don't take a lot of selfies, you know, it's just <laughs> it's not, not my deal at the moment. I mean, maybe if I have a different business in the future, or I work with, I'm open to it. But the great thing is, and what people need to understand if you think about things strategically, it's not that hard to like, if I wanted to pick up Instagram, I would learn a lot of the tactics and what buttons to push, but the strategy and the psychology behind it, there's still similarities. So I'm, I'm confident yeah. I could pick it up. But I just, I like to get very deep and specific on LinkedIn and on Facebook, which for most people, I think on this show right now, um, if they're wanting high net worth individuals, those are certainly the platforms that I would recommend. Awesome, man. Man, I, I'm so intrigued as your course, man. I might have to, we're going to have to pick your brain after this for, for sure, sure even, even more about it. But uh, Jeremy, you have any, any other questions? No, no, no. I was just going to say the same thing because we, we've, we've been trying and, and I know Oscar is very uh, keen to, uh, into marketing, right? Uh, and we've been trying and uh, we've, we've had some success. But it's, it's interesting the way that you, that you do it. Um, in, in, I think it's a science, and my brother uh, knows about this stuff. Um, but, but I think it's, it's very interesting how you do it, and, uh, and, and I would love to, to know more about it, you know, dig more into it. As a matter of fact, I'm, uh, I'm kind of Googling your, your book to see if I can. <laughs> if I so what, 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 uh, what nugget could you provide us that you haven't yet? Something uh, maybe new, some new strategy, something you observe. Hey, has the LinkedIn algorithm changed? I've noticed different in the views that we're getting. Uh, they've gone down in the past like two, three weeks. Is there something happening? It's constantly changing. I mean, it's it's just one of those things. It's, it's the super secret, just like the Facebook, you know, it changes. The key thing though is, you know, when it comes to that algorithm, video is still really big. It's really huge uh, for getting exposure, for getting target exposure. Um, I'll say just with, in terms of future trends, and it's funny because the book you mentioned, you know, I wrote it a, a couple of years ago, but in that book, I made a couple of predictions on future trends, what I thought would happen on LinkedIn, and they sort of come into fruition. So I think it's more so than understanding just what the little change was. It's like, what is the company trying to do, right? So maybe I'll, I'll talk about that because I think that would be interesting to people. So they... Um, they got bought out by Microsoft a few years ago. Microsoft bought them for $26.2 billion. So they threw some major money in there. 
And they, the way these social media companies make money, as people know, especially LinkedIn, is they sell advertising and they also sell premium accounts, okay? So to sell more advertising and sell more premium accounts, what needs to happen is they need more people engaged. People need, if people are spending more time, they're going to sell more ads and sell more premium accounts if we're going to see more value. So they revamp the design of the platform. They revamp the way that it looks and the way it feels. Engagement is up. I think last quarter alone, engagement was up, I think, about 33%. And that was in the last quarter. People are spending more time on LinkedIn. They're spending more time looking at content. Certainly, you know, with at the time that we're having this conversation and the whole COVID thing happening, people are spending more time online than ever. They're watching more webinars. They're reading more. They're watching videos. Um, and I think it's also a mistake to for people to, to think that nobody is going to for people to think like they have nothing to say, right? And I, I think this is actually going to be a, a good place for us for us to go here. And I want to leave off on this. There's people who are going to watch the show or listen to this and say, well, that's great, but I'm just starting out. Or, you know, maybe I've just done a few deals. I don't really have a lot to offer in terms of credibility or information or trust. Maybe I need to wait a year before I can market and put myself out there. And I think that's a massive mistake. I think... That's, you know, it's one of those things where everybody feels that way, right? You have even people who've been in the business for 20, 30 years, and they sometimes ask themselves, am I really, do I really know enough? Or do I really, you know, have something valuable to say? And I want to tell you that as somebody who has a unique human experience, as somebody who's putting themselves out there, wanting to build this business, who has projects, who has this level of passion, you do have something you need to say. And at the very least, you have perspective. And a lot of people, a lot of the time for building that trust, it's not even as much about impressing people with all the facts and figures that you have and you want to know your stuff. But it's more about if people are feeling understood, they're going to see you as that authority. So I want to uh, encourage people to think about having others feel understood by your marketing. If you can do that, you're going to tap into something very, very powerful and you're going to get very good results, even if you are just starting. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. I hear you because it's all about getting people to know you and having that exposure. If people don't know you, they don't want to even talk to you or invest with you. So, no, that's great advice, man. Great advice. So, Jeremy, you you have anything else before we start? No, 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 no. I'm good. Awesome. Okay. So, you know, last question I'd like to ask is, um, normally it deals with relationships, uh, real estate and, you know, what you do obviously can take a toll on people because you have to have a complete focus on it. Relationship wise, how do you balance your, your work, uh, family life? Uh, obviously there has to be a balance and, and if it's something important to you, how do you do it? Uh, another great question because I mean, that's, that's changed a lot recently too. I mean, I'm, I could talk about this for, for a while as well, but I'll, I'll share something real quick here. So um, the first few years of my business, I mean, there wasn't much of that balance. It was, I would even say I was working too much and too hard and not necessarily in the smartest ways too. And I learned a lot and it took an exerted effort. And I mean, my family, I grew up in the Atlanta area and they still live out in Atlanta. And you know, after I got done with school, I moved out to Vegas and then I moved out here to Scottsdale, which is where I live today. And, um, you know, I haven't seen them in a little while. I'll probably go see them this summer. 
And, you know, here right now with the social distancing, I think a lot of the relationships have changed. They've gotten very virtual. So I've been fortunate to maintain some virtual relationships. I was fortunate to, you know, in October meet somebody who I really connected with that we've been dating for a little more than seven months now. So we've been spending a lot of time together and she happens to have her own business too and also be a great marketer. So it's really nice. And sometimes we kick ideas around. But the whole balance thing, you know, it's understanding. And I love this. I forget where I heard this from. And she's of this mindset as well. But it's like, you know, have your business work, serve you. That's what it is. Have your business serve you instead of you serving your business. And it's so easy and sometimes so tempting to have it be the other way around. And, you know, we, our time is precious and life is short. So I think it's it's something that we have to keep in mind at every waking moment. And sometimes, you know, if we lose track of that, to understand we've got to take care of ourselves, take care of our bodies, take care of our relationships and have our business serve us instead of being a servant to our business. I hear you, man. That amazing message you know and always you have to have priorities and you know especially now that you have a significant other that has to be a top priority um and and, you know business doesn't have to shut down the rest of your life either so i love that advice man uh last question where can people reach you how can they get a hold of you uh yeah give us the whole the whole uh scoop on that and where can people buy your book yeah so the book is on Amazon. The book is called Disrupting LinkedIn. Um, it's the only book called Disrupting LinkedIn on Amazon. Really easy to find. I'm on LinkedIn. Yakov Smart. If people send me a connection request, unless they they look strange, I will I usually accept. And for people specifically who want to go a little deeper and want to use LinkedIn to raise capital, um, they can go to linkedleads.us forward slash raising capital webinar and they can get a free training that talks about some of the things that we talked about today um, and it really covers the methodology and it's a great overview so that's linked leads it's not linkedin leads it's linked l-i-n-k-e-d leads l-e-a-d-s dot u-s forward slash raising capital webinar it's a free training they can register for if they want to Awesome, man. Yeah, we're going to have to check that out ourselves. So, yeah, Yeah. everyone better get on there. Hey, brother, I really appreciate you coming on uh, and sharing all your knowledge in marketing and how people can expand any business pretty much, not just in real estate. But uh, we really appreciate it. It's been been really good information. Uh, German, anything else? No, stay in touch, man, because I'm very impressed with what you're doing, and I think we'll be – We'll be, we'll, we'll stay in touch because we really, we're gonna add a lot of value to it in a lot of uh, business entrepreneurs out there. Awesome. All right. Sounds good. Thank you guys for having me. This has been awesome. Awesome. Absolutely.